0: Dave Sandell and I'm Caleb Gardner
1: and this is the best album for podcast a podcast where we talk about the best album for working out when you don't want to Caleb how you doing
0: I'm good I um I don't think I've ever related to a topic more Dave <laughs> <laughs> you know what ironically I would normally be working out and instead I'm recording a podcast so, no, so this
1: is your time frame right, right now.
0: yes right now this is the podcast that you listen to <laughs> when you want to avoid working out basically uh,
1: got it <laughs> when was the last time you worked out because you wanted to
0: yeah uh, uh and you know i was a couple years ago i was in a really good groove for like six months mm-hmm. and then i got it i got to the point and i've heard that there's this magical point and i, I thought it was a myth for a long time hmm. where when you don't work out you feel weird and you like you don't feel like yourself yeah and i have i I've gotten to that place before and I know I can get to it again. I am currently not there.
1: <laughs> Same. I, I definitely got to that place for a while, actually. It was really fun. And then uh schedules just changed and I couldn't keep getting up at five in the morning to make it work. And uh once you turn it off, it's hard to turn back on.
0: It is. It like I you 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 lie to yourself and say like I can just I can just lose my momentum just for a little bit. Right. And then that, you know, a week turns into a month, turns into six months. And yeah,
1: I've just never had a better plan. Like I need to I need to say this is the time that I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it every day. Uh, But that time is elusive. Like there isn't actually that doesn't actually exist in my you know, like my calendar. (laughs) Right. Unless I get up early, in which case. I'm back to the yeah. same problems I was having before. I might as well are you,
0: are you one of those early. people that like, if you, if you miss something, like, let's say you're like, oh, I'm going to work out this week. And then if you miss Monday, you're like, well, that week shot, I'll try again next Monday.
1: <laughs> I, I definitely <laughs> used to be like that. I, I've had a series of experiences that have, have lessened that for me, oh, that's uh, good. where I, I make some different choices now than I used to, but certainly that's true. Uh, and that is still true in many arenas, just not always working out.
0: That's good. That's good. Cause I've definitely caught my, like my wife's called me out on this plenty of times where like, I will, (laughs) I'll just write off an entire day or an entire week because like one thing goes wrong (laughs) because it like, it doesn't happen right. According to the way that I wanted it to happen.
1: I've tried to, I've tried to think about my life in chunks of time that are smaller than days, uh, because I can let go of a day. Like I'll sometimes say like, ah, I'm shot until noon. Uh, you know, and that helps me to like, You know, I'd like to say, like, I'm this hour is over and I'll get started next hour. Noon still is kind of the, you know, demarcation point. Uh, So it makes it really tough when something happens at like one (laughs) thirty. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, the more enlightened version of me thinks that way you know, like where I can like make it into small chunks. I actually saw a great video and I forget who it was where um, this artist I think was talking about how she does that, where she's like, you don't write off an entire day or entire week, entire month in terms of things going bad. You do it by the hour and every hour becomes a chance to start again. And I thought that was really beautiful and I don't know, impractical. Like I'm never (laughs) going to do that. Not true listeners. I'm going to, I'm going to keep, keep, aiming for that that is the goal
1: so i have i have a question up front is your pick for working out we don't want to also your pick for working out or is there something special about these albums that get us like out of bed or out of our funk or like just kind of insist make us insist on moving
0: yeah, I. That's a really good question because I do think that when you don't want to drove a lot of my decision making this week. I do think that this is an album I would put on just while working out in general. But I think there's a special energy to this album mm. that I sometimes need, like an artificial. Like this album is basically like a musical version of a Red Bull. You know, like it's like <laughs> I just need some infusion of energy here because I can't find it myself, and so I'm gonna get it externally.
1: Yeah, I I tried to pick an album that certainly I'm happy to, to I, I I put this on regularly if I'm working out, but it sort of makes me, like, it forces my hand. Like, I have to move. Like, I'm going to move anyway, so I might as well go move outside yeah. or go move, you know, with some weights or whatever else. Yeah. We similar
0: I mean, we talked about this when we were talking about, like, m- music that we listen to when we work, mm. and I think similarly, when I don't want to work and I'm looking to put on something to, like, energize me that's like a... Audio shot of caffeine, I would also reach for this album. So I think this could be this could be something that would work in that category for me as well.
1: Yeah. I, I thought for long and hard about doing like a raging as a machine type album. Yeah. Uh because that's something I'll I'll put on pretty regularly while I'm working out. But only if I'm lifting weights. Like it won't that doesn't get oh, that's me interesting. out the door walking or jogging. Like that only gets me lifting weights. Oh, well, that's interesting. That great. wasn't
0: something I thought about for this week. Like, did you think about this in every workout scenario like it has to work out work for every scenario
1: well only because right now i'm sort of alternating days or trying to you know (laughs) i'm doing my best uh I'm out of my routine. Uh, you know, I'm sort of alternating days on like attempt, attempting this couch to 5K program again. Nice. Uh, that I kind of set aside years ago. Um, and I'm attempting it again. And uh, I'm much older now <laughs> than I last did it. <laughs> um, so I'm really needing music Damn, to help me It's crazy it out how that there. happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and so. Some of this, so so I've been, I found, I've discovered over the last couple of years that I really enjoy lifting weights. I never knew that about myself. Uh, It was always something I was kind of intimidated by, didn't really know where to start. And then I had a guy who kind of walked me through it and, and. Sort of took me under his wing for a stretch, and and I discovered I really liked it. Yeah. Um, but like moving, like actually moving my body, you know, outside or on a track or wherever, um is much harder for me. I I, I really resist it, um, and it's it's clear that I need it. Like I need to make it a part of my day.
0: Any kind of movement or like movement that like gets your heart rate up, like uh, if you go in for a yeah. walk, like is that the same?
1: Well, as long as it's like a, a it has to get my heart rate up, walk. Yeah. Yeah. So a walk is kind of where i've landed at the moment because i was i'm gonna just uh, here we go (laughs) pulling the covers back uh you know i was trying this couch to 5k and my knees are just really and my my shins especially are like oh yeah really uh hurting (laughs) and i'm in a lot of pain and so i thought well maybe i'm gonna scale this back a little bit i'm gonna start just walking but i'm gonna try to do it as briskly as i can i read somewhere like walk like you're running to catch a bus Uh, that's kind of how fast i'm attempting to walk um i'm still sort of using this couch to 5k thing i'm just kind of cheating (laughs) but the truth is is that i walk faster than i jog at this point uh, my jogging could not be slower um and so uh, i can't believe i'm putting this on a podcast and publishing it but (laughs) whatever here we are
0: the podcast where we talk about two old men attempting to work out (laughs) caleb you be embarrassed for a few minutes
1: tell me about (laughs) how's it going for you
0: (laughs) oh man i similarly um like a few years ago discovered that i love lifting and that wasn't something that i had uh, like ever Mm. you know thought was in the cards for me and it's just so intimidating like the whole systems around it and understanding where to start how not to hurt yourself Mm -hmm. and all of that like it does take some mental effort to get over but once you get there um, it's really rewarding. Like you can see actual gains, you can see actual mm. progress. Like it's so easy to track like, and, and, yeah. you know, I, I find that as, as someone who's generally an overachiever in my life, I find that to be uh helpful. Um, and I also, when it comes to cardio, just have like no cardio endurance. And so like, <laughs> I also struggle with, um you know anything above a walk although i'm trying to get back into running as well and and doing other things that get my heart rate up um i really like boxing i've got a big heavy bag at my at my house that i um uh do for workouts which is super fun um talk about just a stress reliever like just going to punch something that i mean the (laughs) best album for just punching something is what this should be
1: uh that would be uh that would also be an embarrassing album because I would reach for corn <laughs> <And> <laughs> It's the only part of my life where I would reach for corn uh That's funny. so i was gonna I was thinking about rage, but then I realized like rage makes me want to like push through a set, you know, like it makes me wanna like yeah uh, you know it gets me uh, good lifting music, but maybe not
0: for other things,
1: yeah, it doesn't necessarily like if I put rage on at five forty five in the morning to go take a walk. That doesn't necessarily get me out the door or <laughs> like out of my bed. Yeah. Mostly just makes me annoyed that I'm awake. Uh, so I needed something <laughs> a little more euphoric, like a little more like this has some some positive, good vibes built into it. That's uh, interesting. Than rage so the time of
0: day is really affecting your decision making here too.
1: Well, I, it, it sort of just has to right now because right. of the way that our life looks. Like I, I just don't have the capacity to do it other times of the day um you know for a while when i was just home with the kids uh, i was attempting to do things in the middle of the day while they were at school but now i'm i'm working again and so um you know it's harder to pull time out of the middle of the day than it used to yeah. be Uh, yeah, so i'm that. kind of stuck with like early mornings i should also probably do late nights but my kids have just been staying up later and later my kids never go to bed <laughs> they like it's Dude, so frustrating
0: i hear you right now my kids are staying especially cuz it's the summer they're staying up so late, and I'm just like i I end up going to bed before they do not it's not cool, you know you don't get your like evening adult time anymore maybe we should be uh choosing an album that's about repelling children so that we can work out whenever we want to and then then you know we could get more workouts in during the day.
1: I think I need some uh some special like help from other parents, like what albums do you go to <laughs> that make your kids leave you alone for an hour <laughs> yeah
0: oh man my my kids have definitely had some like what is this music moments when i'm listening to things including when i was preparing for this podcast and put this uh album back on recently
1: <laughs> nice your uh your pick is very uh very specific i can imagine my kids not being into it but maybe <laughs> yeah. they are. do you want to do you want to kick us off what's your pick this yeah. week for best album for working out when you don't want to yes um
0: i i chose the Hardcore punk album "Out of Step" by Minor Threats, like which are probably my favorite hardcore punk band of this like you know late seventies early eighties you know moment in time where this kind of music really came to fruition and and really started to define punk. Um, and "Out of Step" is is probably the album that I go to the most. Although, you know, lots of people would talk about First Two, Seven Inches and, and other, uh, you know, of their of their ilk. But this is the one that I think I have consistently gone back to when I want to put something on that just, like, is so ragey, hardcore, like, fast energy. It's just, like, insane front to back. I mean, starting with this, like, oh Betray is just, like, this off sync chorus of betray betray ah it just gets me and it's just so it's like so fun and i again it's weird to me that i i chose something that i often also put on for work and working out but in both scenarios i'm just looking for that juice of like external energy to like drive something forward. I think it's funny when you're talking about like what you would listen to lifting versus doing anything else. Cause I think it's the same for me. Like both mm-hmm. in both cases, I'm looking for, I'm looking for some kind of like artificial confidence <laughs> in like, that's going to get me going um and i think that i think that almost any punk album for me would probably do that with some notable exceptions but minor threats just oh man it's one of my favorites
1: what is it about minor threat that elevates them above all other because this is a you know pretty big pool yeah i don't know
0: i I, because i've 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 done misfits i've done uh oh god i've done i've done tried them all really and this one just hits all the right notes for me this album i think it's like the i i read something about this album that basically calls it the pinnacle of hardcore music like the absolute quote here there's a quote that the absolute limit of what could be accomplished within this idiom which basically mm. means like this was 1983 so you got to think like ian mckay is about to spin off into fugazi which is a whole other different kind of sound like building on this but diff- very different right Love. So if you think about where we started with like Ramones and like like the the rhythms and the simplicity of it and the the rebellion there was only so far just logically that you could take this genre I think. Um obviously you got the pop punk of the 90s, you've got the like Green Day's Blink-182s that kind of take it more into the mainstream, sure. But in this era To me, this is just like this. This was the pinnacle like it from here. It kind of like splintered. It went off and it did did all kinds of other things. But I think that's wise. Like they just took something and perfected it in this album.
1: It's interesting hearing anybody talk about this album uh, with words like perfection because the 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 band seems like they're not aiming for perfection in any sense of the word. Like they're (laughs) kind of uh, all these songs feel like they're kind of like tossed off. out of of their minds in the moment. (laughs) Like they're finding them as they go. I Like they're not actually like clearly these are are thoughtful songs, but it it sounds like uh, these guys are just got up on stage with a bunch of guitars and had to sort of mind mill and out came this music. And then they didn't do anything to like make it like sound better. They just let it have all of its own raw energy. And I find that so fascinating because how old were these guys when they made this record?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. How old were, I mean, young, yeah, very, very young, right? Because
1: the seven inches, they were like teenagers, right? In
0: 1980, they were in high school together. That's wild. So this would have been this is 1983. So the first EP, first Minor Threat EP to first seven inch EPs, Minor Threat, and In My Eyes were both released in 1981. And then Out of Step, which I think was their second EP, first full length, came out in 1983.
1: Okay. So they're in their like late teens, early twenties, right? Like during this whole stretch of yeah. of music making. Uh, and it sounds like that, like it sounds like they just have all this youthful energy. They don't necessarily have like mastery of their instruments. Um, they just have mastery of their like internal angst and, <laughs> right. you know, and my, my understanding is that these songs are less politically motivated and less like, uh, they have less sort of on their minds on this record than they did on some of that earlier stuff. Um, but I mean, I a lot of social like...
0: commentary still, for sure. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I I mean, I think what's what's beautiful about this record is that you're right in that it sounds like you just wandered into a theater like off the street to hear a band, you know, play <laughs> like that you never heard of, like that you yeah. just got up and started rocking. And in fact, like if you start pulling it apart, there's a lot of careful structure here. With like lots of little mm. complexities, lots of little transitions, um like I said, lots of fun kind of um off syncopation parts, like um like it, there's a lot of creativity and a lot of thought that went into these like very short, angry, loud punk songs,
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure i I think that there's also this interesting thing, I think that we talked about this when we we talked about Nirvana, too of these guys sound like however old I am. Like I understand that they were, you know, 17, 18, 20, whatever, when they were making this music, but they sound like a bunch of 40 year olds, you know, like going crazy with instruments because I can't get my head around that. I am no longer 18 when I listen <laughs> to bands like this, because they sound like they sounded when I first heard them, when I was a teenager, you know, when I, when I was a teenager, my energy for this was, was, pure id you know the same way as yeah there's ones when they were creating it and it's also like amazing to me how how great this music is given their age. Like music is one of the only professions where it seems like the older you get, the the less likely you are to create your masterpiece. And I've never totally <laughs> understand that because you have more mastery of your, of your instruments. Certainly you can understand strong songwriting yeah. structure better, but there's something about being young that just lends itself, especially to punk music. Uh, oh, for sure. Like, I yeah. wonder,
0: I wonder if there's something there about like, The older you get, the more you kind of pick up the dregs of, like, other people's expectations and society Mm -hmm. and career and kids. And, like, when you're young and and idealistic, you just don't have any of that. And you can kind of just see the world for what it is before you, you know what I mean? Like, even if it's a little naive, even if it's a little idealistic, you can still kind of rage against the machine before you kind of have to sign up to be a part of it, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you feel like one of the one of the reasons this works for you is because it makes you feel young again? Like it makes you feel like I can I can run, I can lift. I'm spry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I definitely think that I I pick up on some of their like emotion and, you know, anger in a way that like makes me want to push through a set. Mm. at the very least. I don't know if it it necessarily makes me feel young again, but I mean, maybe in the same way that like wearing a Misfits shirt to a concert would (laughs) (laughs) sure, in a like
1: performative way, I guess. Except for you actually like the Misfits. Unlike most people who have Misfits. (laughs) Yes, that's true. I had never really heard of the Misfits before. I, for a long time thought that they were uh, like some cultist band that, just make cool t shirts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Isn't that later so found out funny? He was dancing. It's like, oh okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like the least well known band with the most recognizable band like logo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I couldn't have named a single song, but I could have drawn you their logo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. What um so Walk me through the, your morning or, or whatever time you put this album on. So you just need to get your workout done. Yeah. You put the album on, you press play, and then what happens inside of you that was different than two minutes earlier?
0: Um. Uh, so there, there's two. I usually do like cardio in the mornings or lifting at nights or on days I'm ambitious, both. And so if I'm doing cardio, it's like I got up and I'm – trying to kind of get myself out of that like sleepy state and into something that's a little faster moving. Like I'm going on a run for example, and I'm putting on something that's that has a little bit of a a faster pace so I can get out of my sluggishness. Um, Whereas at night I've just had a whole day's a day of work and I'm trying to convince myself, Oh God, okay. You got to do this one more thing. That's good for your body and your mental health, your stupid, stupid mental health, Caleb, do it. And then it's putting, you know, Basically, putting music on like this so I can rage through that. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Rage, rage through that friction of not wanting to do it.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. When did you find? Uh, when did you find this uh, band? How old were you?
0: Oh, late. Like this is this is what's really funny about my uh, uh, love of hardcore punk. I probably started going deep on like this maybe five years ago. Like not oh, that long ago. Oh. definitely not as part of my youth. That's what's so fascinating to your point about like this being an attractive like youth music because I was definitely in I and mean, we've talked about this before I, I, I did a lot of hard rock a lot of grunge a lot of metal in my youth but for some reason not a lot of punk.
1: Yeah I mean in punk in, in the punk we grew up with like the pop punk certainly has its roots here but it, it feels like something wholly kind of entirely yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I did do
0: like blink One Eighty Two and even the offspring, which is slightly more hardcore, but definitely not like, you know, late seventies, early eighties, like the original stuff.
1: Yeah. I found like bad brains and, um, you know, so I don't actually necessarily know who is contemporary with who, um, you know, I, I I found like Fugazi and bad brains and I guess minor threat. Um, although I don't, I couldn't tell you a hundred percent that, uh, that it was minor threat that I found them when I was a kid, but I found those bands kind of as like certain songs. I kind of knew, Mm. Uh, I don't know if that was from culture from like movies and stuff like that, or if I just kind of caught them at some point, but they always sounded so alive and exciting. Uh, And I, I kind of went backwards and I like got into like Iggy pop and the Stooges and, and tried to like find all of the, um you know the inspirations and influences for those bands and so i've never gone super deep on hardcore uh punk music uh so it's it's funny to hear that you you just found this like five years ago i actually assume because you're taking the you know you did your your club or your um how would you describe it when i when i took
0: my uh punk music class yeah your punk music class how'd that go dave i wish i could tell you that it went well um (laughs) no (laughs) They had the the misfortune (laughs) of having about seven guitar players sign up for the class and and like one bass player, one drum player, seven guitar
1: players. (laughs) Oh, yeah, sure. That's a good formula for (laughs) a punk band.
0: Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't necessarily an ensemble as it as it was a bunch of guitar players of varying degrees of ability attempting yeah. to play a bunch of the same exact chords
1: <laughs> man that's funny so that's amazing.
0: not a great experience not as not as great <laughs> as i would have liked
1: so you're not getting up on stage let me ask you one last question about this music all right because uh, it has felt to me like it has a piece of your heart yeah if you were to form your own band now would you want it to sound like this or would you want it to sound like something else
0: Oh, I have actively talked about the desire to form a punk band. And I think that the reason is that the song structure is super easy. These songs are mostly easy to play. Yeah. Like, this is not challenging. Again, the structure is, is creative, and and there's a lot of creativity around the lyrics. And, you know, you could, again, argue about, you know, where the um the challenge comes in here. But in terms of, like, it being three or four chords just jammed over and over again, like, it's not, it's not that hard, you know? <laughs> And so I think the combination of that and just the subject matter that people who play music in punk get to just, like, scream about that's oftentimes just super fun and off the wall and indignant. And I, I just think it'd be super fun to be in a punk band, let me be honest. But I do think that punk in general as a genre is this fascinating, like, thing that people obsess over. And maybe that's what you mistook me for. I definitely like it. I don't think I'm as much of a, like, Going deep on the genre, to your point about like knowing exactly when each band stopped and started, and the overlap and the influences, and like there's some people who go super deep on that stuff. Yeah, yeah. In a way that I don't feel like is true about other genres. Maybe mm-hmm. hip hop. Like I could definitely see some hip hop heads like going deep on the like this person influence this person who influenced this person, and like going deep into yeah. you know like um, stuff that's very much not in the mainstream. But maybe it's because punk never like actually penetrated the mainstream that much with the exception of like again green day which was huge or like blink 182 maybe um which mm-hmm. i think that really hardcore punk fans would would argue that you know that that it, they, they don't even count right like it's so it's so supposed to be anti-culture that anything that actually penetrated popular culture is like automatically not as cool um in a way that I don't think is true necessarily for hip hop. So it's like, there's a, there's a subculture here that is very unique to the genre. I think that's my thesis at least.
1: Got it. All right. All right. I'm into it. I'm gonna, i want to, I want to spend more time with mind of threat, especially when I'm working out. I think it will yeah. be fun. Uh, have you ever read the book sellout uh, by Dan Ozzy? Oh, I think I've heard of that book, but I don't think I've read it. It might actually be fairly new. I'm not sure when it, when it came out, but that's a great uh, dive into like nineties, like pop punk, uh, and it actually gave me more more respect for a lot of those artists, uh, yeah, and what they were aiming at. Uh, it seems like they they do have a lot more in common with this like Washington D.C. you know late seventies early eighties yeah. post hardcore scene than well I I recently understood.
0: heard a story about Green Day around this time and their scene that they came up in in the Bay Area that basically like rejected them when they agreed to sign with a major label in a way that like. Very much bothered. Um What's the lead singer's name? One oh, Billy Joe Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, just never got over it. And I always mm-hmm. thought I always thought that was so tragic. Like the the minute they sign with a major label and they get like a modicum of success, the whole scene rejects them.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that, that's kind of the 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 you know thesis of this book is kind of looking at why it seems rejected certain bands but not others. And yeah, it's really good. I'd you give it a, give it a read if you if you have some time. Yeah, I would like that. All right, I'm going to switch over to my pick um, for this, and I just want to name up front that this is a very special episode, because this album is very, very high on my all-time list. <laughs> like, very Ooh, okay. Uh, like, within the top 15, pushing top 10. Uh So, uh, and I think people don't understand why. Like, I actually think this album is forgotten to time and and maybe even, like, looked at with, like, one eyebrow raised. Um, And that is 1997's Dig Your Own Hole by the Chemical Brothers. Big beat electronica band from uh, the UK that got really popular for like a couple years in the late '90s. Yeah, right around. Like Dig your ex- own hole, right? Yep. There was this explosion of of like sort of electronic bands pushing into the mainstream in America, like the Prodigy and Moby, you know, Fatboy Slim, Moby, and the Chemical Brothers were, were part of that. And then it just kind of went away. It just kind of died, like almost as quickly as it as it jumped in. But for like teenage Dave. <laughs> This was a very formative record. And I just kind of want to walk you through my experience of this this, as best I remember it. So I remember being a disc jockey, uh, which, you know, I've talked about before is kind of the, the, you know, Um, the place where I went to buy new music or discover new music, uh, because they had like listening stations and you could like, uh, you know, actually spend some time like browsing, you know, it wasn't Walmart. They actually had some more interesting things in the, in the mix, but it wasn't a huge store. They had this one little section of like electronic music that was across from their cassette singles or their CD singles. Uh, so they had like a whole wall of singles. And then near it was this little tiny electronic section. And I would just spend hours, not hours, but I would spend a lot of time just kind of rifling through all of the discs. And for whatever reason, the cover art of dig your own hole like spoke to my soul and it's really simple. It's just like this black album with this white, uh, you know, kind of silhouette, not quite manga, but like kind of manga, uh, style, um, Depiction of this, I assume, young electronica fan, uh, or kind of, you know, this like young, angsty youth. <laughs> uh, and I was just really drawn to it. And um, I think that something must have come on MTV at some point, you know, setting sun probably. You're the devil in the Was part of Oasis and Oasis was a huge band. then he guested on Dig Your Own hole on setting sun. So that was a, like semi-popular song. I don't remember seeing it on MTV, but I must've, because I don't know how else I would have ever heard these guys. And I was so like blown away listening to them. There's just this rush of endorphins when I hear the chemical brothers um, that I became obsessed with owning this album. But for whatever reason, disc jockeys albums were like twice as expensive as everybody else. So it was like, Pushing like not $30 uh, or like pushing $25 to go buy this record. So I remember like having to save up for it for like multiple, multiple weeks. So like wait till my next paycheck from, you know, the grocery store, but it didn't come out like at a time where I was working a lot. So it took a while to save up for this, for this CD. And I would go to Disc Jockey because we ended up at the mall a lot. I would go to just Jockey pretty regularly and uh, I would just make sure it was still there because they had one copy. And I was so paranoid that somebody was going to buy it before <laughs> I could afford it. And I know now that they could have just ordered it for me. I also know now that in like small town Iowa, <laughs> nobody else was attempting to buy the chemical brothers, <laughs> dig your own hole. <laughs> like, That's great. like, there's a reason they only have one copy in stock. Like, It's not because they ordered 20 and they were out, sold 19. Um, <laughs> but you know, I was really obsessed with buying this. And so when I finally was able to afford it, you know, I put it in to my CD player. Um, I was old enough to drive at this point. So driving home and there's just this immediate, Adrenaline burst. There's sort of these five songs that kick off this album: Block Rock and Beats, Dig Your Own Hole, Electro Bank, Piku, and then Setting Sun. And it's just this like, whoosh of of adrenaline and endorphins that come with this and i love big beat music i'm really sad that it died out it's got these it kind of leans into this like super beefy uh breakbeat like huge drum solo huge drums uh and then kind of these cascading rhythms of crescendos and and uh drops and it's just such cool music uh you know they have these big synths um that that are, like, kind of pulling at your emotions. They have loops from soul and funk and, and jazz and rock, and they're kind of pulling from all the all the different, you know, um, genres that are so fun to dance to and so fun to, you know, kind of take let your whole body move to. Uh, and these guys are just monsters of the form. And there are others, you know, too. I loved The Prodigy. I loved Fatboy Boy Slam. I loved Propeller Heads. But the Chemical Brothers, for me, were, like, a number one on my list of of artists that I I just loved and it kind of died out so fast uh and it certainly like influenced dubstep and influenced things that came later but just stuff that I'm not really into but so I've been sort of chasing this sound for like 20 some years like hoping somebody else will just take a crack at it actually I really love the Chemical Brothers like later stuff but they started going closer to like what Daft Punk or Underworld were doing and away from what they were doing in oh. the nineties. The so this, these kind of, they have two records, um, Exit Planet Dust and dig Grown Hole to have this sort of sound. And then there's just nothing, it's <laughs> just nothing like it out there. And it's sort of been sort of been forgotten to time. Mm. And I think people, don't necessarily have like positive will uh, towards the Chemical Brothers or towards Dig Grown Hole. I always expect that it'll be really high on like lists of 90s albums and it's like either low or not there. <laughs> like, what yeah. are you
0: thinking? This album's amazing. Do you um, like explain to me the chronology of like how you would put Chemical Brothers in with DJ Cozy or like some mm-hmm. of the other like electronic music that you really love now?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think that they they don't quite share um any obvious things, although they do share this this sense of like just wanting to get you to a higher plane of like of endorphins. I don't know if there's a better word for it. I keep using that word, but that's what it that's the word that comes to mind. Um, you know, DJ Cozy is using like sort of whimsical um ideas on top of these sort of moody Um, beds of sound to create something that's like really bright and hopeful even though the music as it begins is maybe a little bit darker or mysterious or um, never sad or mournful but just maybe a little darker to begin with. Um, The Chemical Brothers don't really do that. They're mostly just dealing in positive vibes but it's Mm. not like positive vibes like um, you know like Jack Johnson (laughs) it's not positive vibes (laughs) like you know like reggae music it's positive vibes like um, we just want to go into a warehouse and have a great time. Uh, I would love and, to
0: see the chemical brothers version of one love actually. Like, that'd <laughs> that be, awesome. that'd be amazing. <laughs> uh,
1: so I don't necessarily, I'm sure somebody, uh, smarter than me would be able to c- connect the dots from chemical brothers to DJ cozy a little bit better than I can. Um, but at least chronologically, you know, I went from chemical brothers into, you know, I was, I didn't begin electronic with chemical brothers. I began it with, you know, with Portishead and Massive Attack and Tricky. Um, it's a, you know, a lot more of the trip hop and temple stuff that was coming out earlier in the 90s. And that was kind of my through line. Cause you know, from there, I found Aphex Twin and I found Atekra wow. and I found, you know, all these other bands that influence bands that I love now. Um, you know, Boards of Canada. None of those have anything to do with the Chemical Brothers. <laughs> like the only thing that's similar is that they, sample music and do it on their computers. Like there's almost nothing else. Uh, DJ uh, shadow kind of has a little bit of chemical brothers going on a little tiny bit. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I think these guys are pretty singular. Um, yeah. And I actually, to that end, you know, I, I make my lists, I, I make lists of nineties music a lot, um, you know, cause it's just like, the music that has my heart and
0: absolutely no one.
1: (laughs) And I find myself not including bands like massive attack or especially bands like Aphex twin or, you know, artists like Aphex twin. I don't think of those as nineties groups necessarily. They don't, I don't lump them in with Nirvana Hmm. and Pearl jam and green day, but I do lump chemical brothers in with Pearl jam and Nirvana and green day. I think they have a lot more in common there uh, than they do with whatever was happening you know, with underground electronic music. You know, this was, you know, this isn't house music. It's not like, you know, one tempo for a long time. It's not one idea yeah, looped for a long the, time. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not, it's not like, yeah. Yeah, it's it's got a lot more. And I think that's actually was what makes it so great for working out because it is just wants to grab you and like shake you and hold on to you. And then when you get a little tired, it wants to shake you again and <laughs> wants to like continuously pull you in. And when it does like, you know, dip in uh, in tempo, it's because it gets really moody and, like, kind <laughs> uh-huh. of punchy. Oddly does this really well. They have this kind of, like, dark edge to them that has a lot in uh, kind of this, like, funky... Um, I wish I had a good analog real quick to pull, but uh yeah. just kinda like this dark, darkly funky music that Chemical Brothers can slide into from time to time. And then they pull out of it and go right back to Euphoria.
0: <laughs> yeah. Prodigy, and uh, the Fat of the Land Prodigy is probably the one where I went I went most deep mm. into this genre in the nineties. Yeah. Um, I loved that album and listened to it a ton. And I can still hear that like um guess it would be a bass line i don't even know at the beginning of breathe where it's like yeah exactly yeah that was two terrible impressions but it's just like burned in my brain but but i would say the same is true of block rock and beats you know in terms of its like intro like i i can like hear that and immediately go oh my god this song Um, But I never went, for some reason, I never went as deep into Dig Your Own Hole as I did The Fat of the Land. I remember Block, Arc and Beats so well in this time period, it just being everywhere. Um, But never went as deep on Chemical Brothers as I did Prodigy or Moby or or some of the others.
1: I mean, Prodigy was much more popular in America than the Chemical Brothers were. And and to that end.
0: They benefited from, I think, having some lyricism, you know, and some, like, front men in a way that Chemical Brothers didn't.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely true. I I think also, you know, I love this album because I bought it and listened to it incessantly because it was the 90s and I spent $25 on it. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Listen to it over and over again. It's all yours. You know, and, and so most people didn't own this album. It didn't sell nearly as much as you know any fat boy slam album or Moby album or or you know stuff that came after it or the Prodigy. Um so I think it just feels like mine uh I actually yeah. because of my experience of finding that cover art means so drawn to it, it has become my favorite album cover. And I have it on good authority that I'm wrong, that this isn't anywhere. It shouldn't be even the conversation of best <laughs> album cover ever. But for it is, me, it is. Like it for me, is it's so my favorite. Album cover. It's
0: literally just a black and white image of like a profile of a, of a girl. But is it's a
1: girl. I always thought it was a boy.
0: Oh, I always thought,
1: I always thought it was a girl. That's uh, see, funny. There you
0: go. Uh, this is why this is, gender a is a social construct, here. people, you should not make assumptions about gender. <laughs> yeah, that's, right, that's right.
1: I think, you know, I think I look at this kid Uh, on this cover and something about it spoke to who I was. I didn't have the long hair and the moody look that he has. Um, But there is something about his vibe that makes me think like, well, if I was him and I lived in, you know, London and I went to a Chemical Brothers show, then I would finally be okay. Like everything would be okay. Ah. I don't know why this kid on this record cover got me, but it really got me. It did.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're almost more like is the album cover itself more than the mu- even the music that it sounds like Man, like I, drew I don't you know in. Why. I, I think really that drew me in. <laughs> just upon reflection for myself about uh, like Prodigy versus some of the others, I think that like Dark Edge of Prodigy really attracted me cuz this was this was in my like you know like rap metal like rebellious oh, like like everything i want to hear i i want everything i listen to to kind of have a little fuck the man kind of vibe um yeah. and prodigy definitely scratched that itch for me i think mm. chemical brothers was probably a little too to your point uplifting and trying to make me have a good time and i didn't want to have a good time dave I was a teenager. I was an angsty teenager.
1: (laughs) But see, I always, when I was an angsty teenager, I wanted to not be an angsty teenager. Like I wanted to be out of it. Ah, I I felt, you know, there's, there's two songs that end this album. Uh, One is called, where do I start? And then the next is the private psychedelic reel. And those albums are, are, are such like euphoric ends to this record. Like they build and build and build to this really hopeful, lovely, you know, gorgeous crescendo of sound. (laughs) I'm assuming uh, manipulate all the hairs in the back of my neck to stand up. <laughs> I think they've just ordered them to. Um, but there's something about like when I'm running, um, for example, when I'm jogging, ah. and I hate it. Like I hate jogging so much. It hurts so much. Uh, when I finally get to like the end of the album and it's these two songs, like I'm like, okay, everything's okay. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to survive. <laughs> nice. And, you know, even as a kid, I had that same experience of listening to these songs of like, okay, everything's going to be okay listen to where do I start and and everything will be okay.
0: Nice. I like that a lot where it's like the, it, do you always get there? Like, do you, are you working out enough to get to those songs? Like, you that's know what my I question.
1: do is uh, if I'm, I, I kind of end with them no matter what. So like, uh, uh, that's cheating. Whenever I am in the album, well, you know, my workouts aren't always an hour long. So <laughs> sometimes they are. <laughs> uh, if I can get to them on their own, that's, that's great. I, there's no track in here. I would skip like, there's no track in here. I would skip to get to them and not be bummed. that I didn't hear that track. You know what I mean? But I have to end my like, running on those songs do you right. know what i'm saying like um, the stuff that i'm skipping is not worthy of being skipped like those are great songs like yeah. this is a great album front to back and i just go ahead and skip to those last two songs if my if my workout is coming to a close yes, because it's a because great you've place got
0: to because those are the closers that's right they're yeah. the euphoric, I get that.
1: yeah i get that absolutely And the other songs are really helpful in the middle of a workout, you know, because they are, you know, they, they do have a certain momentum to them and they aren't always, not every song is pushing for that, like stratosphere of those first five songs. Like they kind of settle into a groove in the middle of this record that, that I really love. And there's stuff to find there. Like there's a lot of stuff buried in the mix that I, I'm still discovering even 20 years later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Out of Step has no closers. <laughs> it's, a, it's pretty much the same energy the whole time, and I yeah. found myself just like putting this on repeat and not even like, basically not even realizing
1: it's like repeating until it's like yeah. done it three or four times. Yeah, nice. Nice. yeah. So out of out of step is that in your canon? I think it is. Yeah, I
0: think it's yeah. one of my favorite punk albums, and yeah, I would I would definitely put it in my canon. I think it's yeah. Worth my, it.
1: Obviously, dig your own hole is is. Very has a special place in my canon. Is the album (laughs)
0: artworks in your canon
1: or is the whole album in your canon? When you walk into the Hall of Fame, the Dave Hall of Fame, there is a a banner hanging from the rafters of this album cover.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I really like this visual image. It's like your uh, mind palace, but it's only music. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So, what else were you thinking about? What are your honorable mentions this week? Um,
0: I was going with, I mean, uh, one, I would just say that like a lot of punk music around this time is interchangeable for me. I could have went for Misfits. I could have went for, could have even went for like Ramones or something just like upbeat. So there was a lot of just like honorable mentions around, I think just that pace of music, something that's more energetic. I also sometimes, especially if I'm boxing, go for like Mm -hmm. my deftones or metal or something that's just like a little bit ragier and something that makes yeah. you want to punch something i think that's super fun i've got a a playlist of hip-hop music i will listen to when i'm running to which is fun that's just kind of like mm. um i don't know just like what's a what's a better word than arrogant you know there's like a there's like a gen- <laughs> a, a genre of hip-hop that's just like all all in on the confidence confidence, exactly exactly i just like got a playlist of basically all that that's like what i want to feel when i'm working out that's like giving me that um so there's a lot of hip-hop that would go into this run the jewels i would definitely reach for occasionally Mm -hmm. for this so there's a lot of just like hip-hop bravado that i think works really well when you're working out what else were you thinking
1: yeah, so certainly The Prodigy uh, is on my short list, Raging Against the Machine, like I talked about earlier, Deftones. Uh, John Hopkins has an album called Immunity that I've probably talked about on the show before. Um, that one just has a few too many slow, like quiet songs ah. uh, that don't work for, for working out, but the, the highs of that record are very, very high. Um, and then, you know, similarly, Jay-Z, like The Blueprint, or oh, yes. the Black Album. Um, Didn't that bravado. definitely reach for that uh, for a good run. Yeah, so uh, what are you listening to this week, Caleb?
0: You know what? This week I have rediscovered an LP by Discovery. Do you remember this very short-lived side project called Discovery?
1: Side project of who?
0: Side project of... Well, I will tell you. It's a side project of Vampire Weekend's Rostum and Rara Riot's frontman Wes Miles that they recorded as a duo... And launched this in 2006. If I've is, if I've heard I this, I don't remember it. Yeah, I'm sure you don't. Um, I think they only released this one album, and it's basically them doing this like electronic side project
1: oh.
0: um, to both of their, uh, you know, normal like <laughs> Vampire Weekend and Ra Riot, to also very successful <laughs> bands that I think were actually pre like their real success which i think that's what make this makes this so interesting to me is like they basically Mm -hmm. did the side project before finding a lot of mainstream success with their normal projects like vampire weekend of course went on to be huge right um and this was released i think a few years after the postal service this is my thesis is that they watched the postal service do this little side little electronic side project And said we can do that and so they released their version of it which is a band called discovery and an album called lp very creative but (laughs) it's actually really fun it's lighthearted it's not asking a lot i think because it was a side project it's basically like elect it's almost like electronic r&b which is why which is really wild and fun
1: Some white guys, <laughs> yes, very, very <laughs> white guys. <laughs> that's fun. Oh no, I'll have to check that out. I, I don't remember it at all. Um, yeah, I
0: just it was one of those things that just like magically re popped up on something for me recently. And I was like, oh yeah, that album
1: <laughs> that's so fun. I love when that happens. Uh, I have been, uh you know, worked through the season two of The Bear. Um, the Bear is oh, probably God, my favorite so ongoing show. Uh, so and, good. Um, you know, I'm R.E.M. is like high in my like favorite bands of all time, uh, and "Strange Currencies" is one of my favorite R.E.M. songs. And so, hearing it pop up on the bear over and over again as sort of the theme of Carmine and Claire" uh, was was really really cool. And so, I've I've re dipped into Monster. That I, I didn't write Monster off as my, the way everybody else did. I actually really like Monster, but if I reach for an REM album, it's almost always Automatic for the People or New Adventures in Hi-Fi. Those are my two that I, I find myself reaching for the most. So I've been spending some time listening to Monster, and there's just a, a bunch of great songs uh, on that record. And I would recommend anybody uh, who hasn't uh, listened to it in a while. Um, you know, when it was when it first came out, it was kind of knocked for like aiming for sort of mainstream rock, mm. like alternative rock success, and uh, I don't think that's fair. I think that there's some really interesting things going on uh, throughout the whole the whole record. So I've been revisiting that.
0: Okay, well, if we're gonna talk about music in the bear, we have to talk about Taylor Swift being <laughs> Richie's theme. Which is used yeah. so well <laughs> throughout the series as both, like, him, something he shares with his daughter, and yep. something that ends up being his theme. It's yeah. so fun and so good. I, I love that show so much. <laughs> Not just because it's, like, a love letter to Chicago.
1: Yeah, right. They must have spent half their budget on, uh, <laughs> right? on Taylor right? Swift. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that was a get. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff too in season two. There's um, a couple of bands I didn't know um, that I've, I've added to my to my uh, rotations last oh, few yeah. weeks. Clocked
0: um, quite a few, right? Yeah. REM, Decemberists.
1: Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of replacements. Um, yep, you know, replacements. Out of it. um there is a uh let me see if I can pull it up here. Um this jazz band that they played in the uh the the honeydew episode, the, the one where they go to Copenhagen, uh, Mulatu Aztake uh is the name of the artist. Oh yes, I know this and, band. Uh Really, really enjoys like it's Ethiopian jazz, I guess, yes. from the late sixties, early seventies, and uh, it's really lovely. There's um, a uh what's her name, a Mavis Staples song used from one of her albums with Jeff Tweedy uh, that I've been listening to as well. So great music, the music you know, Bruce in the Hornsby, show, the it's acting. A great, great year.
0: We're not, a, we're not, we are not a TV review podcast, but we are both big fans of The Bear. And if you have not gone to watch it, please go watch <laughs> it and be prepared to mentally and emotionally rest afterwards.
1: If ever uh, we do get to spin this podcast off and have another one, uh, TV shows would be high on the list and the bear would be, uh, you know, an episode by episode breakdown of the bear would be quite deep fun. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. That'd be so fun. All right, man. Well, we will see you next week. Remember everybody to send us uh, your picks for your best albums for working out when you don't want to and uh, let us know anything you want us to cover in future episodes any topics uh that are, are on the top of your mind that you want us to ring in on uh we would love to to talk to you so hit us up on the socials and uh we'll see you soon